Welcome back for episode eight of Self-Signed Artist. In this episode, we're talking about criticism, how to ask for it, how to accept it when it's given to you, and also how to give it out in an effective way when necessary. So stick with us and we'll give you some strategies to handle each of these three aspects of criticism in a professional and productive way. You're listening to Self-Signed Artist, the podcast that helps independent musicians run their brand like a business. Now, your hosts, Kobe Nelson and Jake Mannix. How's it going, everybody? I'm Kobe Nelson, and I'm here with the Jake Mannix. Yo. What's up, Jake? What's up? <laughs> How's it going? It's going, man. Just struggling with some computer issues, as you know. But I feel like no matter how much work we do with computers, that never, ever ends. Like last week, it was my computer that was giving us problems, and we had to restart the episode like three times. Oh, it's that's just right. One of those things. <laughs> that's right. I forgot all about that. Crazy. Well, knock on wood that mm-hmm. we'll be good for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> so today, like we said, we're talking about criticism. And criticism, I think, is a difficult topic for all creative fields. But I think it's especially difficult for music and musicians, you know, just due to the nature of the art form and how tricky it is to actually describe music and words. You know what I mean? Like there's this sort of language barrier that adds a lot of complexity to the issue of criticism around music. And I know I've had a lot of difficulty with this in the past. And actually, Jake, we've kind of had some shared experiences with this when we've sort of done work together or bounced ideas off of each other. Oh, yeah. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about there? Dude, all the time. All the time. The amount of times I've said, yo, let me get your opinion on this. Can you rip this apart for me? Dig into it, Kobe. And Kobe always responds with, sounds good, man. I don't know what to tell you. And I say, Kobe! (laughs) I didn't used to do that, though. I used to send you like big, long, drawn out things of different thoughts or different ideas and stuff like that. I don't know how any of that stuff that I would send to you actually worked for you or if you're able to actually do anything with it at all because like it's it's one of those things that's really hard to talk about like how do you describe music you know what i mean it's such a subjective thing yeah and i think i think that's a big piece of it is it's all preference it's all like i could tell you you know i don't like that kick drum sound but you might love it you know what i mean and so my criticism right there is pointless yeah, it's that I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but I think even on top of that, there's an actual language sort of barrier, like I mentioned. Like, even if there is something that we both share an opinion on, or if, say, I'm offering criticism on something that you've done, if I'm describing something to you in a certain way, we might actually agree on the thing that I'm trying to describe, mm-hmm. but it's so, so hard to actually get that idea across if we're talking about that same kick drum and i want to tell you that i think it should be a little less squishy you know like that's so (laughs) open for interpretation like you you might change something to make that sound less squishy but it might be completely different from what i'm hearing and what i'm Mm -hmm. trying to describe you know 
Yeah. Yeah. I say, I say, I mean, I use words like that all the time. I feel like for the most part, if you're in person and you can kind of like vibe with the person about what's going on, they can understand it. I don't think I've ever really had a time where I've said like a wild word, like, oh, snare sounds spicy or like crackly <laughs> or something, you know, like in had someone disagree in person, but like, I feel like over text trying to get that across that emotion. Cause it's emotion and, 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 you know, some sort of like feeling that it's giving you to make you say, eh, I don't like it, change it. Or, yo, I do like it because it sounds squishy. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think that's a good point too, is that when we've tried to do this sometimes in the past, I mean, half the time, at least it's, in some sort of text form where you're trying to describe it with just words, mm -hmm. where if we were sitting in the same room, I could say, you know, I want the kick to sound more and less <laughs> or something like that. You know, <laughs> like you can, you can gesture or like make noises with your mouth and stuff to actually help you describe what you're talking about. But when yeah. it's just words, it's just so, so open. Mm -hmm. And I actually had some experiences. I've had a lot of experiences, like you said, where it kind of, make sense and we're able to kind of get ideas across to one another like me and an artist but i've also had a couple experiences where it's really really difficult and one experience in particular that i can think of is with a, a student that uh, i used to go to school with in college and he had some pretty interesting synesthesia like he he really really associated visual things and other sensory things with sound. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I mean, it was fascinating to me, and I really, really wanted to like talk to him about it all the time. But when trying to describe music, it was sometimes really, really strange because he would describe a certain chord as being red, or I want that to sound less red. And <laughs> to him, that made perfect sense. And he could come up with other ways to describe what he meant by that. But it was just such a kind of, experiential disconnect there where I couldn't experience something in the same way that he could. Yeah, that's just what he knows. Yeah, and I feel like there's tons of different levels of that. I mean, I also, just the other day I was reading, I was reading something on Facebook. I think it was in comments somewhere. I don't remember what page it was on or what it was referencing. But there was a guy who was talking about mixing and it may not have even been mixing. It may have been production and just talking about the low end of a song, like the low frequencies, the bass in a song, and how he could tell when he had gotten it right. And he described it, this is almost like the same kind of example, but for whatever reason, this actually made sense to me in my brain, whereas calling a chord red didn't. So this guy said when a song was starting to really reel it in in the bass in the low end and start to all fit together right, he would describe the low end as sounding more purple. Whereas if the bass wasn't sitting right, it sounded more brown. And I don't know why, but like for whatever reason, like that makes sense to me. <laughs> but calling a chord red doesn't. So it's just so, I don't know. It's so bizarre. It's so weird. Here's, here's a little fun fact. I don't even know if it's fun for anyone but me, but I color all my bass tracks purple. <laughs> no way. Do you? Always, all the time. I always color bass tracks orange. I don't really? know why. I, well, I do things like in rainbow order. <laughs> so it's like drums are red, basses orange. So it, it has nothing to do with like an association. It's just sort of like gotcha. I lay out the tracks that way and then I color them in order. 
But that's really interesting. Yeah, bass is bass is the only one that I associate with color. That's the only one. All of my instruments, like the drums are always yellow. The bass is purple. Guitars are green. Acoustic guitars are brownish, orange. You know what I mean? Since are pink. But like bass is the only one where I feel like, yeah, that should be purple. <laughs> you know what I mean? So bizarre. And everybody's going to do that different. I bet you could open up 10 different people sessions and they're all going to have that stuff oh, different. Yeah. So it's hard to use those words to actually do anything for somebody as far as like critiquing a song. You know, like if you're trying mm-hmm. to actually help somebody out using colors, it's really, really difficult. And I think that's more more the case for music than it really is for any other art form. Like for visual art, there are words that we use to describe visual things that everybody kind of has agreed upon cool colors or blues and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or I don't know why I keep going back to colors. I'm trying to think of other examples, but same thing with writing. Like we have words to describe what we're trying to get across in that. And we don't really have that in music. Sometimes words just ain't enough, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, it's, it's so abstract. So I think that's one thing that we kind of have to keep in mind with criticism and try and think about when we're asking for criticism or when we're getting criticism from somebody is that there are those sort of differences that everybody's going to have in how they perceive music, how they feel music and how they describe music. So I just want, kind of wanted to throw that out there first before we actually dive into the, the three things that we're going to talk about, how to ask for criticism, how to accept and use criticism and how to offer up criticism or when to offer up criticism. So let's dive into our our first of those three topics, how to ask for criticism. I think that this is one of those things that it, it really depends on the person, but there are a few rules or or things to think about when you're trying to decide whether you should ask somebody for criticism. And I've had a lot of weird experiences with this. I'm sure you have too, Jake where you yep. ask somebody for criticism and you don't really get what you expect or or even like what you were talking about earlier, where if more recently, if you ask me for criticism on a song, you say, what do you think? And I come back and I say, sounds good. Like that's such a common example of a response when you ask for criticism. Yeah. That happens far too often. Cause it's like, I don't know, man, there's very few songs where I'm like, yeah, I, there was nothing I would change about this mix. Even like big pop radio stuff. It's like there's always going to be like a little something that you change up. So just let me know what it is. That's what I do. So like in a situation where if I sent you a song and you were like, yep, sounds good, dude. I would respond with, Kobe, you got to tell me, <laughs> dude. You got to tell me what is trash about this mix. You got to tell me what's trash about this song. And then sometimes Kobe will come up with a thing or two. Well, I think the thing there is that, and this is something that we can talk about with how to give criticism, but there are, there are some things that are just uh, taste choices. So there might mm-hmm. be something that I would do if it was my own song, but to me that would be a taste thing. So that's not something that I would necessarily offer up as criticism unless it was asked for specifically. Like, what would you do in this situation or something like that? The thing that I find I run into the most is depending on who I ask for criticism, it's kind of hard to know when you should trust criticism and when you shouldn't trust 
the criticism that somebody gives you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you kind of have to tailor who you ask for criticism carefully. Right. Like someone's opinion that you respect or someone that you can trust to be like entirely honest. Like if you ask a family member or like a friend or a girlfriend, like most likely they're going to say, yeah, it sounds awesome, man. Like you did it. Good job. But like, that's not what you want to hear. You want to hear, yo, that snare sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yo, you know, you got to retract those vocals. Like what were you doing? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So you want to, you want to be asking people that you can trust or that you can at least lean into a little bit and be like, give me your real opinion. Yeah. I think that can be a friend or a family member. Like for example, this isn't music related, but my mom writes and illustrates children's books and she runs ideas by me or sends me pictures of paintings that she's going to put in books all the time asking for my opinion because she knows that I won't hold back on it. And that like when, if she sends it to even some of her business partners, uh, they'll just come back and say, oh, it's so nice. I really like it. And then she'll send it to me and I'll be like, that person's nose looks kind of funny or <laughs> like stuff like that. So it can be a family member, but you, that is something you have to think about. Is is the person going to tell you what they really think? And also is what they really think really relevant to what you're trying to get out of this. If you're, I I use metal as an example, (laughs) a genre example in this podcast all the time, I feel like. But if you're like making pop music and you send it to somebody who only listens to metal and you say, what do you think? You can't really expect to get a helpful answer necessarily. Maybe you would, but you just kind of have to have to think about that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because they might they might point something out that you miss you know what I mean? As as someone that listens to like just pop or just hip hop or something, they might point something out in in your song, your mix that you might have not necessarily heard prior to them pointing that out. That's true. They could they could offer a really unique opinion. So maybe if you're asking multiple people, you want to send it out to one of those people who's yeah. not really familiar with the normal stuff that you do yeah. just to try and get like a an outside perspective an unbiased, completely unbiased perspective from somebody who really doesn't even know what they're listening to. (laughs) Yeah. And I think on top of that, having someone that is like a peer or even like some sort of like in a mentor position to you to kind of give you criticism as well, because you want to, you want to get criticism from someone that knows what, what they're talking about. Right. And I think that might be part of the reason that a lot of people come back with sounds good or something Mm -hmm. like that. And that why that's such a common example. So say you're at a you're further along in your career as far as your music, your your songwriting and the skills that you have as a songwriter than the person that you're asking for criticism from. If you're further along than them, they might not have the experience behind it to be able to poke those little holes in what you've done or point out some mistakes or things that could be better. Because to them, if they wrote that song, that would be like the best thing that they've ever written, you know? Yeah. So that, in that case, they might just come back and say, oh, it sounds great. And that, that doesn't do any good for you unless that's what you're looking for. You're looking for an ego boost because you think your song sucks or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happens to me all the time, man. My friends will send me songs. I'm like, damn, I wish I wrote that. I wish that was me. <laughs> I mean, that's part, of the, so that's part of the reason that I sent you Sounds Good so much lately. Like, 
your your songs have just gotten really good. Ah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, okay. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be modest now, but I'll blow you up here a little bit. Like when you send songs to me lately, they sound awesome. So I send back sounds good. And I don't know. All right. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so one other thing that I want to talk about as far as this, like how to ask for criticism. I do think that there are some boundaries as well that you kind of have to keep in mind when you're asking. And some of those are like just when and how to ask. Like if you're asking somebody every single day, what do you think of this? 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 I mean, you're you're going to start to change the relationship there a little bit. And it's going to be just tiring for somebody to really critically listen to something that you send them every day and stuff like that. So I do think that you kind of want to spread out your requests for criticism a little bit to a bunch of different people whose opinions you trust, but you don't want to just barrage somebody with requests over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I think kind of plays into that is that you kind of have to keep in mind, especially when you're, when we're talking about somebody like you mentioned earlier, Jake, like a mentor or something like that, you kind of have to keep in mind the boundary of casual advice versus producing or consulting. Like if you're an artist and you're self-producing, say, and you send your song off to a producer who's your mentor, and you're asking them on every single song, what do you think of this? What would you change? What could be better? That kind of gets into a tricky spot because that person, that producer, maybe they do that for a living. Maybe like there, there's kind of a, a gray area there where are we talking casual as friends where I'm just giving you advice and trying to be helpful? Mm-hmm. Or am I acting as your producer now and not getting any credit or pay or any, anything. anything from it? Right. Yeah. So you can put people in a little bit of an awkward situation there. And that's totally something that you just kind of have to use your own social skills to figure out. And I, I wouldn't use that as a reason not to ask somebody who's a mentor for advice. I would just kind of be conscious of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've I've definitely got myself in a fair share of those awkward situations, but I've also been in a few of those awkward situations. And it happens to everyone, but screw it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Keep trucking. Keep trucking. And, just, and you have to just kind of be paying attention to how people are responding too. Like if somebody's getting annoyed with you. Play off. <laughs> if, yeah, if you're paying attention, you should be able to tell that and then, yeah, back off a little bit. Um, not saying that this is something that's going to happen to you all the time or anything like that, but just something to be aware of. And then another thing to be aware of when you're asking for criticism is that you're asking for criticism. Like if you're really, truly asking for criticism, you're asking for somebody to say something bad mm-hmm. about your work. So just be prepared to hear something bad yeah. about your work. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times people ask for criticism more for validation than yes. for actual criticism. Yes. Entire, I don't have anything else to say about that. Yes. And stop <laughs> doing it. <laughs> yeah. There's no point in doing that. You're just going to put somebody in an awkward position where they say something that you don't like. And then there's weird a weird vibe between you and that yeah. person. Bro, like you asked me what I thought. <laughs> I told you what, what you asked for. Right. Exactly. So if you're asking be prepared for an answer, a real mm-hmm. answer. And you should be hoping for a real answer if you're asking. Yeah, because if if you get the real answer, it could improve your work. It could change yeah. the way you work. 
just by discovering something new or, you know, oh man, like this person. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome it and embrace it. Yes. Guys, today marks a very special moment for the podcast. I know we're only a few episodes in, but we've got our first sponsor. Just happens to be a Nigerian prince who said that he'll donate 70,000 for every two subscribers that we get. So make sure, please, to subscribe, drop five stars, and let's get this wealth. And that, I think, brings us to the next main point that we want to talk about, and that's how to actually take criticism and use it. So these, this is kind of a, an overlap uh, there. Like, if you're asking for criticism, be ready for criticism. But once you get criticism, there are, are ways that you can actually put it to use and, and use it to make a better product for yourself. So, Jake, do you have any experiences that you can think back to when it comes to that, like times when somebody told you something specific that opened up a new possibility for you or anything like that? Mm, put me on the spot. I mean, a lot of a lot of like my early engineering days were filled with that, like asking on forums for criticism on mixes or drums or, you know, how's my snare sound? And like, I would not take the advice with a grain of salt and I would take it as what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? I would take it as like gospel, like you gospel. Do to everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We were talking about this the other day after we, we were, filmed an yeah. episode. Yeah. When I first started, I let a lot of the people on the forums and stuff have a lot of unnecessary influence over the way I worked. And, you know, some some of those techniques and, and things I learned from them were awesome and I still use them. And some of them I think back and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I ever trusted somebody with that and then did it on some mixes. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> what about yourself, dude? Well, I mean, I, the, for me, it's the same kind of thing as far as like mixing and recording and stuff like that. There are tons of things that people have said that's like, oh, you should always do this or e not even that. Just, oh, you should do this like on this particular song. And then I just do it on every song <laughs> regardless of whether it works or not. But I think the same thing goes for like songwriting, things like that. Like there are little things that I've I've heard in the past about like you know, how to transition between sections. So like after a chorus, you can put in a little two bar down, like like quieter section to kind of lead into the second verse where I used to just do that on every song because I heard, you know, yeah. you should do that. <laughs> it yeah, makes yeah. the second verse better, you know? So like you stop paying attention to what's actually good for a song or what's actually beneficial and you start doing something because somebody told you it was the right thing to do. So that's an example of not using criticism correctly. Mm -hmm. You should always kind of take criticism in the situation that you're in, that you're asking for criticism. Right. You can't you can't go and apply it to everything. Yeah. And and also you <laughs> don't have to you don't have to do it either. You don't have to agree with somebody's criticism and do what they say you should do. Cuz like we said at the beginning of this episode, music is so so subjective that there's no there's no right way to do anything. Somebody could tell you that they think the chorus should have no drums or something like that. But you don't have to listen to that. You don't have to take that advice and use that criticism. Right. It's all just trying to point your attention in different directions to things that you might not have 
otherwise thought about. That's why you're asking for criticism, to point out something that you couldn't or that you wouldn't have found on your own. Yeah. Otherwise, why ask? If you already know something's there, fix it. Right. <laughs> and, and then the other thing is too, like this is a subjective thing, like we said. So if somebody offers you criticism and you don't like it, don't argue with them. Mm-hmm. It's an opinion. <laughs> right. It's okay to have a difference in opinion. You don't have to prove to them that they're wrong or anything like that. This has happened to me a couple times in a, a producer sort of role. And I've, I've seen this play out in the studio a bunch of times <laughs> as kind of like a, uh, a fly on the wall. I'm sure Jake, we've, we've both, we've probably seen the same situations in a couple, a couple instances where there's people disagree on something and there's a difference of opinion and criticism gets taken the wrong way or just isn't agreed with. And that's okay. It's fine. <laughs> You just choose what you think is best. And I think in most situations, a good producer, like if it's that type of disagreement between a producer and an artist, a good producer is going to know when to back off of something and when to kind of let an artist go with their idea in the first place, even if they don't necessarily agree with it and vice versa. An artist, a good artist producer relationship, an artist is going to be able to see and understand and realize when a producer is right about something and they're going to be willing to make those adjustments. So that's kind of one of those relationships in the music industry that I think is really important for that exact purpose, for the purpose of criticism, being able to take it and use it productively. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to add to something you said earlier and something we said, I'm pretty sure that we said on an earlier episode, basically about like trying to make, not make excuses, but like if someone gives you a criticism, And then you reply with, oh, well, the reason I did that is because of this. Nine times out of 10, I'm replying, oh, okay, because now I don't care. Yeah. If you did it for a purpose, then you thought through it and it's fine. But but I'm saying I'm saying more so like you asked for my criticism. I gave you my criticism and now you don't want my criticism. Right. But also with I want to say we did it in a different episode, but we talked about Andrew Sheps and how. Yes. Once something leaves the speakers, like that's it. Like you don't get to say anything else. It doesn't matter if if you recorded the vocals in your bathroom or the guitar was tracked by, you know, a fish or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just how it is. And it's going to sound how it sounds. And people are going to think the way they think about it. And you have to be cool with that. Yeah. So like if you're arguing with criticism, you're not going to be able to argue with your audience. Like right. if they think the same thing that you're being criticized for, you're not going to be able to come back to them and say, well, I did this because uh, yeah. I, I was thinking this and uh, I wasn't feeling good. And I didn't yeah, have the like, budget for a pianist. Like, doesn't matter. Okay. Like humanize yeah. it, dude. I, I don't know. <laughs> I right. don't know. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's my piece. If you ask for criticism, don't come back around and try and try to, negate what the person's saying or explain away how the person feels about it. Take into consideration what you asked for and then decide whether or not you would like to implement that change. Yes. And if you don't want to implement that change, that's okay. Maybe they're criticizing something that you consciously put there on purpose for a reason that you think is essential. Like that's fine. You don't have to convince them that that's the case. It's your art. And say thank you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Please. Please say thank you. Please say thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're asking for for criticism. They're providing you with criticism. They're taking time to 
critically listen to what you're sending them. And then whether you like that or not, they've just helped you out. Don't say it in a passive way. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I wanted you to say it was good and that's it. <laughs> Man. I, I guess that kind of brings us to our, our next piece about criticism too. And that's, there's some things that you have to think about also when you're giving criticism as well. And this is something that, I don't know, I always kind of go back and forth with anytime somebody asks me for criticism, if I send them something, I automatically feel bad <laughs> about it, which I know that I shouldn't because like somebody's asking for my opinion, but I feel bad giving my opinion too. Does that ever happen to you? Yeah. I mean, I don't feel bad if it's positive. Sometimes I feel bad if it's negative, but I usually, if it's regarding songwriting or production or something like that and it's negative, I'll feel bad. But if it's regarding engineering, then I don't feel bad. I don't know why. I, I always feel a little guilty sending something to somebody, like even when they asked for it. And I, I think most of the time, and this is kind of one of the things that I want to talk about with this, like when should you give criticism and when you do, how should you give criticism? So the first part of that, when should you give criticism? This is one thing that I think about a lot because sometimes there's something that I hear in a song that somebody's showing me and I want to say something about it, but I choose not to because my opinion wasn't asked. They didn't ask me what I thought about something. It's just sort of like, I don't know, they sent me a song and they said, oh, I'm, I'm putting this out tomorrow. Or even like, I'm putting this out tomorrow. Let me know what you think. To me, that's one of those situations where it may not be the best time to say like, this is garbage. <laughs> or like, you should really work on the kick drum or you should retract the vocals. You have to kind of use your judgment there. When they're saying, I'm putting this out tomorrow, let me know what you think. They're not really asking no. for criticism. They're, in that case, they're asking for validation. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone likes their ego stroked every now and then, dude. Who cares? Yeah. And you want to show your friend something. And it's that's kind of the thing that you say. You send something to somebody and you say, oh, what do you think? Let me know what you think. Right. It's it's sort of like a a non-question. <laughs> I think I think in those situations they're they're not looking for at least I would hope that you're not looking for constructive criticism. Like, <laughs> right. I would That's hope you're just looking Yeah. You're just <laughs> you're you're looking for your ego to be crushed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that that might be a different issue that yeah. you should talk to somebody about. <laughs> <laughs> Rip my song to shreds before I put it out to the world. <laughs> Something something I like to do is like, let's say you send me a song and I don't like, I hate that all of my examples are engineering, but that's like. That's what you do. It's, it's more, yeah, yeah. I wish I had more artistry examples, but if you sent me a song and I was like, I don't like the kick on there, here's an example of like maybe what it should sound like. And I would send like either a reference song or what I think it, maybe, here's what it should maybe Maybe you should push it towards. I'll send a reference song or like if I have a kick just chilling in my arsenal, I'll send it over. I've had friends do that for, to me before. Like, like, yo, swap the kick out and they'll send me a kick sample and I drop it in. And that's it. It's in the song now. See, that's like super. So now we're talking about giving criticism in a constructive and purposeful way. Like that's mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's the ultimate in constructive criticism. Yeah. You're like, I think this kick might work better. Send them the sample, pop it in, works better, great. Yeah. Like yeah. that's that's actually helpful versus being like, I think the kick is bad. 
Right. And you know what? This kind of ties in with what we said in another episode about building your team, building a community around you of artists or musicians or whatever, you know, people that you can rely on to keep, not keep you in check, but like be real with you and all Mm -hmm. that. I'll, I'll, I'll at least try to give an example if I, if I can. And if not, Hey, yeah, you know? that's good. I don't do that enough. I don't actually send like a reference or anything like that. A lot of the times I'll just try to explain what I'm hearing in my head. But like I said at the beginning, like that's such a difficult thing to do well. Yeah. And sometimes I think I do it well, but I don't know. Like I mm-hmm. can't be in somebody else's head. So that's a, that's a, actually a really good point. I should do that more. Um, I think along with that, though, too, like you should just be specific in what you're talking about. I guess that doesn't apply all the time. There can be things where you're talking about like the overall vibe of a song or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I think the most helpful criticism is something super, super specific and clear, like where you're talking about a specific single element of a song. Or even if you're talking about multiple elements, you point out those specific individual elements and, and that can help push somebody in the right direction or at least have them understand what you're talking about. Whereas if you you talk about the feeling of the chorus, like the chorus doesn't feel right to me, and I think that the chorus could be a little, I don't know, whatever, happier or something like that. Like when you're talking really generally like that, that can be helpful sometimes, but you want to kind of point to certain things that can actually help somebody get to that destination. If you switch up that example a little bit, I think the chorus could be, a little happier and maybe you would want to try putting in some i don't know strings <laughs> whatever it is i it's hard talking about a a uh, hypothetical song that we can't all hear in this case yeah. but give them something that they can actually do to achieve what you're talking about or at least something that they can try and mm-hmm. i do this all the time and usually i'll preface it with that like i don't know if this would work but Maybe you could try throwing some such and such into this section of the song to see if we can make it feel a little more whatever. You know what I mean? Do you like when you're making something, Jake, does that type of feedback help you? Like, is that it? Does that give you somewhere to go? It does a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, if someone gives me, gives me something to go off of, it's definitely easier to implement rather than just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's one of those tricky things because in like in, if we go back to that same example, maybe my criticism is that I think the chorus should sound more happy. That's a valid thing to feel about the song and a, a valid thing to try and achieve. But if you just go with that, you don't really give anybody a starting place for actually achieving it. I think that's kind of my main point. Like you can have a broad criticism like that, but you just need to give somebody the most specific thing you can to actually start from to achieve that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happy would look like. Well, I, I mean, we're talking about a hypothetical song, so... It, yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of, like, how, how that would play out, but, yeah. I mean, if we were going to do this the best way possible, we'd pull up a song, but I don't want to make you pull up a song. I don't want to pull up anything that I've written yeah, in the past, yeah. and I don't want to put anything that's copyrighted on here either, so maybe, we're kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah. I think people... I think people will understand what I mean by that. Yeah. Give something clear and specific to work off of. Yep. We've all definitely used describing words such as happy or sad or dark or light or bright or warm. Mm. 
Mm. You know, when it comes to music. So however you interpret that, whatever. Something that I like to do when someone sends me a song to critique is take a first listen through and write down in my notes like what's sticking out to me or what I would change or my critiques and then shoot them a text and say, is there anything that you're having trouble with or looking for criticism on particularly? And then if there is, I'll take another listen through. If there is or isn't, I'll take another listen through. But if there is, I'll pay a little bit more attention and try to give them not what they're looking for, but at least criticism on how to work with whatever they're looking for criticism on. Yeah, I think that's actually a really, really good strategy. I don't know if it was you. Somebody, yeah, somebody turned me on to doing that same sort of thing, like doing a first pass listen with no preconceived notion about it. Like you haven't, they haven't told you what they're trying to fix or anything like that. I think that's really, really valuable when you're trying to give a critique because then you're just listening for anything that pops out at you. Mm -hmm. But then going back and saying, is there anything you want to work on specifically where you can go back and focus on those individual things? I think both of those things together are what make a really strong critique of something and can help you really make some helpful suggestions to somebody. I've had a lot of cases where somebody sends me something, I'll listen to it, I'll write down a bunch of things, and then I'll ask, what do you want to work on? What are you having problems with? And they'll send me something that I didn't hear. I didn't notice it at all. Oh, wow. And in those cases, I do like to tell them, like, that's not something that I noticed. Like, it might be some. <laughs> sometimes when you're writing a song, you're so in your own head that yeah. you're hearing something that nobody else is going to hear. So I think that's a valuable part too. Like if when you do that and somebody says, I want you to give a little bit of extra attention to the beat in the second verse and it's not something that stood out as an issue to you, share that too, because that's mm. also valuable to somebody. You don't always need to fix everything that you think is a problem. But I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, that kind of two-pass listen, because that can be... That can be really helpful, I think. Another thing that I think is often really helpful when it comes to that is separating critiques and taste suggestions. And I think that's something that you you do as well, Jake, right? Yeah. So critiques are like I don't know how to I don't know how to explain it. Cause like it is ultimately a taste thing, but like it's more so like a universal taste thing. Like man, those vocals are really slamming or wow, those breaths are really loud or that kick drum sounds like a box. Right. What, why like, did you pick that? Actual technical things versus, versus completely subjective. Right. Versus like, I would make the drums sound a little trashier. The vocals should feel a little more spacey and like overproduced or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not my, that's not what they're looking for. I don't think. How I see it, if someone's asking for criticism, make them literally separate. Like, these are the things that I would definitely change. And then here's like some sprinkles you can put on top if you'd like. Yeah. It's okay to give those types of ideas if, if you've been asked for a critique on something or a criticism on something. You just kind of want to frame it that way. You want to let somebody know that this is a taste suggestion. This is something that might be worth trying. I think when I when I was talking about that earlier, that's sort of what I was referring to. If I was saying, you might want to try this, maybe it won't work, but it could help spark some idea in the person that you're offering this critique to that could ultimately help them make the song 
better and make the product better. And ultimately, with all of these tips on critiques and criticisms, that's the ultimate goal is to make the song or the product or the brand. This could be, we've been talking about music, but this could be talking about your branding as well. The ultimate goal is to make all of those things better and stronger. So with any of these, whether you're asking for a critique, whether you're taking a critique or a criticism, or whether you're offering up a critique or a criticism, you kind of have to keep that in the back of your mind. You're just trying to make something better and nothing really should be personal. You shouldn't, you shouldn't feel bad like I do all the time about giving a criticism and you shouldn't feel bad about receiving a criticism either. The ultimate goal is to improve yourself and your music or your product or whatever that is. So I hope that these three things give you something to work on the next time that you're, you're trying to wrap up a project and looking for that feedback, thinking about who to ask for criticism, when you ask how to ask, and then what to do with that criticism once you receive it. Uh, and then also helping out your fellow musicians out there, your, your peers in music, or people who are just coming up underneath you, or not underneath you, but coming up alongside you. Like it's just a good way to kind of mutually help each other to, to offer constructive criticisms. So that's another episode of Self-Signed Artist, guys. You already know the deal. Subscribe, leave a review, leave a comment on Instagram, Twitter. Do we have Facebook? Of course we do. We do. <laughs> you know, rate, share it with a friend, and click on that next episode. See you next time. See you next time.